We've got you covered. The Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by ElisaIlana.com. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Glad you're keeping it here on the Mulberry Lane Show. Well, coming to Lust Fest and Council Bluffs to kick off Memorial Day weekend is the 60s and 70s classic rock band, The Guess Who. Right now, you're hearing from Gary Peterson, founding member and drummer of the iconic band. He's sharing some stories behind the music and how the band got its name by releasing an album with the words, Guess Who? with a question mark. It was 1964, the height of the British invasion. This was done to make people believe maybe it was the Beatles, maybe it was the Rolling Stones. The actual name of the band at that time was Chad Allen and the Expressions. But as they were introduced on the radio as the Guess Who, it stuck. So here's Gary with more about the name. We really hated the name because it was so close to the Who. Uh But there's a little interesting story. When they came over to do their first tours here, Shaken All Over was already hit. And everybody kept asking them, uh, would you do your song Shake, Shaking All Over? And they, I mean, of course, they knew it. They knew the song because it was originally a song by uh, a band from England called Johnny Kidd and the Pirates. Okay. Mm. But they got very frustrated. And if your listeners will go and look back at the Who Live at Leeds album. Okay. They finally recorded Shaking All Over oh, on that did. album. Oh, my gosh. So how did you guys feel about that? Well, good. I guess they said they got so tired of getting asked to play it that it's not an album, so now they could play it anytime they wanted. That's a great story. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, is it true that the song American Woman was born out of a live jam at a concert? It was in Ontario, yeah. Okay. At a curling rink, we were playing two shows and in the summer when they didn't have ice in there. Okay. You know, we had two shows. We took a break between shows and we couldn't find everybody to get back on stage. I went up, I started playing this rhythm and Randy came up and started playing. And then finally everybody said, oh, we get the message, it's time to play. So we kept it going and everybody liked it, whatever we did on stage that night. And we decided to keep it in the show. Okay. It kind of morphed every night. It, It was like, got its baptism on stage and it actually got its fine-tuning on stage. Okay, mm, pretty cool. Um, and then uh, we went into Chicago and recorded it. The rest is history. Yeah. So at what point in that process did the title American Woman or the lyrics come to play? You know, I'm not sure. Okay. You know, I can't even remember what Burton sang the first night, but okay. you know, that's like so long ago. Uh-huh. Now what about these eyes started out as these arms? Yeah, Okay. that's a correct uh, thing. But again... It's like anything, you, you live with it for a while, yeah, and it changes. Mm-hmm. And know? playing it live, too, would definitely affect the feeling. Yeah, and because really that's the real test. I said, mm-hmm. you know, when you play it in front of the people, they kind of let you know what they like about it and what they don't. American Woman is like a protest song uh-huh. in some respects. And Pat Nixon asked you not to play it at the White House. That's because she got what we were singing about. Okay. We weren't singing about American women. We were singing about the country personified as a woman. Uh-huh. Okay. And if you think about it, when you sail, if you're a new immigrant to this country coming from Europe and you sail into New York Harbor, what is the first thing you see? Lady Liberty, yep. What is she? A woman. 
American, <laughs> An American woman. Huh? You have to look at who we were and where we came from. We came from Canada, and we went through the Democratic Convention in Chicago. Mm-hmm. We saw race riots all over the country. We saw in airports young men terrified out of their minds going over to Vietnam, and then we saw them coming back in a daze. Hmm. And all of these things were foreign to us. We didn't have that at that time in Canada, especially in Winnipeg. Mm -hmm. It was more of a leave it to beaver kind of life. (laughs) It made an impression on us, I believe, to the Mm -hmm. extent that it, it was bothersome. And therefore, I don't need your war machines. I don't need your ghetto scenes. Mm-hmm. Colored lights can hypnotize, sparkle someone else's eyes. So yeah. Interesting. that's really the gist. Now, the Lenny Kravitz version almost changed the meaning to be more like talking about a sexy American woman. Exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah. So did that bother you? No. No. No, because art is in the eye of the beholder, you know? Okay. No two people will get the same thing. We've had people come to the show and say, well, well, play that great song of yours, Levi's. Levi's? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. That's hysterical. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, music and and that, it's very, very funny sometimes. Yeah. uh But but again, it's like you get five people standing around looking at a famous art picture. Probably no two people will have the same reaction to it. Right. Beauty yeah. of art, mm-hmm. you know. I, I mean, heard Paul McCartney say many times, you know, just the woods went together great. The sound of them together um, sounded good. Yeah, huh? the meaning is for you to come up mm-hmm. with. Right. You know? Well, right now you're listening to the Mulberry Lane Show, and we're talking with Gary Peterson of the Guess Who. Yeah, and what's interesting is both the original American Woman and Lenny Kravitz version, both the original and the cover went to number one, which I think. It's the only time that's ever happened, right? Yeah, but it's even better than that because American Woman and the flip side, No Sugar Tonight. Was it double number one? Both charted number one at the same time. Pretty cool. Well, it is cool because the company you're in there is Elvis, Uh the Beatles, and the Rolling Stones. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. That particular song has a a couple of very distinct honors Uh that... uh, we would never have thought. Yeah. <laughs> it's a one-chord song. <laughs> Is it really? It's in E, and it never changes. Oh, my gosh. Except for Lenny Kravitz. He modulated up and down. Now, he, in the original version that he did, he did not do the guitar solo, right? No. Because he couldn't get it to sound like the original. Was that it? Well, I don't know why, but, but I mean, he wanted to change it a little bit, so he uh-huh. put the harmony in. Okay. And he, he modulated. Yeah. Up and the, or down and then up. I can't remember which which uh, which takes it into another key, you know. But mm-hmm. but it's a one chord song. That's it's neat. phenomenal. That is amazing. <laughs> oh, but it just hit a nerve. Yeah. Again, it's simplicity too. Yeah. Yeah. Very simple. More simple than Louis Louis. Yeah. <laughs> Louis Louis is three chords. Okay. We only have one. Yeah. That's a challenge to write a song on one chord. It is because they start sounding like something else. Uh huh. You know what I mean? Uh, the, the minute you start to do those simple songs, everybody says, well, you're just stealing that from this song or that song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Randy Bachman left the group at the height of popularity and formed Bachman Turner Overdrive. Mm-hmm. So what was that like at the time for the rest of the band? Well, I, it maybe had been a, a mutual agreement 
the, the, the kind of, I quit while we were thinking of firing you anyways. Oh, you know? okay. Yeah. There, Randy was, was doing other things, and mm-hmm. he's starting to produce other bands and to the detriment of our band. Yeah. Okay. And you probably felt and, like his heart wasn't in it. Yeah, something like that was distracted. coming. Distracted. Yep. You know, it was coming, and it was, I think it was a tragedy that it happened, but, I mean, that's me. Yeah. I mean, that's my opinion. Mm-hmm. Right. We got Kurt Winter in, who was a, a terrific addition, and Greg Rusky to the band, two lead guitar players, which was my idea. Okay. Instead of one. Huh. That was I mean, because... A lot of the southern rock bands have had two lead guitar uh, players. Yeah. So what is your relationship like with the rest of the bandmates that aren't a part of the band now? Um, pretty well good. You know, uh-huh. I, except for Burton, it's hard to have a relationship with him okay. on any level. Uh, but I just talked to Randy about a month ago, Randy Bachman. Okay. Bill Wallace I talked to a little while ago, and of course Kurt is dead, so I can't uh-huh. talk to him, yeah. although I wish I could. Mm-hmm. Dominic Triano is dead, I can't talk to him. Mm-hmm. Greg Lescue I speak to every once in a while, and Donnie McDougal I speak to every once in a while. I'd say generally most of the time good, except for Burton, who uh-huh. is... Just a different animal. Yeah. Now, you've been on many record labels. The band name wasn't trademarked, the Guess Who. And Mm -hmm. so you've learned a lot in your musical career. If you were to give a band any piece of advice, whether it's musical or legal or whatever, what piece of advice would you give? Wow, there's so many. (laughs) (laughs) Probably needs to be a Um, book, right? You need to have good legal counseling for everything you do. Somebody who understands the business. Mm Mm-hmm and understands what can happen if you should happen to make it. Yeah, Yeah. the big if. Um, Nobody ever looks at that Uh because, I mean, that's a big if. And there's enough information out there now, uh, not only from good legal and and accounting people, but also out on the Internet, you know. Mm -hmm. There's a track record for a lot of bad things that have happened. Right. And roads not to go down. Mm-hmm. Try to keep all your publishing or as much of it as you can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't give it away. You know, that's that's the big thing. Okay, and we have a question of the day before we let you go. If you had to point to a personality trait that you have that you think contributed to your success, what would you say it is? <laughs> a personality trait. I don't know that anything in my personality has contributed to it. Maybe talent. Okay. Is really what... For me, uh-huh. I don't think anybody looked at me and said, oh, this is a person that we need to have on, on a <laughs> record, you know? Okay, so it was mostly your talent spoke for you. I guess so. Yeah. I'm not, I've never been an out-in-front guy, for, you know, right in the forefront of the band. Or, I mean, most people would maybe not even notice me. Well, maybe you are an extremely good support person. Yeah, I'm part of a team always. Yeah, yeah team player mm-hmm. and talent. I like that. (laughs) Well, we want to thank you, Gary, for spending time with us. This was a great interview. I appreciate it. And hello to all our fans out there. Hope we see you. Sure, they're going to turn out in droves. Thank you so much. Gary Peterson, the Guess Who. Bouncing back at you right after this to tell you all about how to get your skin in shape just in time for summer. You're listening to the Mulberry Lane Show. These eyes cry every night. For you, these arms.